This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Aw, you really sang that out for me. I did, I did. I'm very happy that you're here and that we get to talk about this movie. <laughs> and I'm so glad you followed my suggestion in order to talk about this movie. Yes. The, the truth is, dear listeners, originally we were going to talk about Lincoln and make that our regular episode for this week. And I thought, you know what? I've seen all the Twilight films, and we actually reviewed the last Twilight film, Breaking Dawn Part 1, here on this show. So I feel like I owe it to the listeners and, and the people who have been following me and all of my podcasting from the beginning to talk about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. And I thought, you know what? We can make out a bonus episode this week. But after watching the film, I realized, you know what? I have so much stuff to say about Breaking Dawn Part 2. We need to make this our regular episode this week, okay? Mm-hmm. So our, Your Thanksgiving gift. <laughs> yes. Apologies if you're looking for a very in-depth discussion on Lincoln. Right now, we need to talk about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. It's already made $340 million worldwide. It's the end of an era. <laughs> Before we move on, let me go ahead and give my, my typical intro to the show. If, if you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time to check out. The second part is a more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and you would appreciate a more in-depth conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to that. As mentioned, this week we're talking about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. This is the fifth and, God willing, final entry in the Twilight series. Monica... Why don't you give our listeners a brief synopsis of this film? What is this film about? What's the big deal? Okay, so it was based on a very popular young adult uh, novel series. And so the last closing chapter deals with two of the main characters, Bella and Edward, and their newborn child. This newborn child, however, is a bit of an anomaly because she was conceived while daddy was a vampire and mommy was a human. Now mommy is also a vampire, but the baby was born while she was still human. So she's half vampire, half human. And uh, this child is almost a threat and has been misunderstood. And so like this high council men of vampires come down they come over and try to settle the score, and it's almost, it's gonna seem like they're gonna kill this child. And there's also werewolves involved, but that's not really important so much in this story anymore. Yeah, basically, this is the big final chapter in which there's a big battle between the vampires and the werewolves. They team up to fight the Voltori, which are like the vampire leadership, the administration, yes. the people that make the rules. 
so to speak. The man. Yes. The government. <laughs> so before we move on, here's a clip. Their goal isn't punishment, it's power, it's acquisition. Carlisle might not ask you to fight, but I will. For the sake of my family, but also for yours. And for the way you want to live. will fight. We've never been afraid of vampires. We will fight. This won't be the first time I've fought a king's rule. We'll join you. We will stand with you. So will we. That didn't take much. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. We'll see. All right, let's take 10 minutes to give our general spoiler-free thoughts on Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. I'm starting the clock now. Okay, Monica, what did you think of Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2? I know as a feminist you've probably had some strong feelings about the Twilight series in the past. What did you think about the last installment? Yeah, I mean, I guess because we've been through so much abuse for the last couple ones. Um, literally, last time we had to go through what, you know, is known as vampire sex, which was awful. Yeah, so I guess this was an upgrade, essentially, because now, you know, apparently vampires... I guess, is this a spoiler? Vampires have superpowers? Well, okay, they've always had superpowers to a certain extent. Yeah, but now but now they really ratcheted up a notch. Yeah, we can talk some more about that in, in part two. It's very odd. It's one step forward or two steps back, you know. It's, it's everything else in the series. She didn't do much. Edward, I guess, is more or less still the same. He's not as creepy as he usually is, which I guess that's that's nice. I'm glad the kid calmed him down. He still looks constipated all the time. I mean, I think that's, like, his character quality. But now she's a vampire, so she looks constipated all the time, too. Yeah, and she needs to remember how to act human, which is, I think, a good good joke on us, right? Yes, because she's never acted normal, so... Ever. No, there's there's a lot of good in-jokes in for, for people who just, like, could not stand this series before... <laughs> So I I think it was it was nice. It was a nice little send off. It's like here's an apology for the past over half a decade. <laughs> so you're saying that you think Breaking Dawn Part Two is a good movie? Not saying it's a good movie at all. It makes a great midnight movie, hammered. And for people who get dragged to this by loved ones, you know, you could take comfort in the fact that it will not suck as bad as the other installations. Well, Monica, I have to ask you, you know, when we discussed Breaking Dawn Part 1 on this show, uh, my co-host was sober at the time, and I got completely hammered to see that film, which Mm -hmm. made it much more enjoyable. I was completely sober for this last one, though. Were you in in, in a normal frame of mind when you saw this movie? No, not at all. You were not. Okay. I mean, I wasn't, like, completely gone. I was two drinks in. Do you think that uh, made the movie better, worse? Did it affect your experience at all? It definitely made me more vocal <laughs> and how okay. excited I got towards the end, which we won't spoil here, but the, the end really kicks it up a notch. Were you yelling at the screen? I was cheering. No, I was full-on cheering. 
Like okay. I think I even threw my hands up in a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna join you in saying that this is not a good movie. This is not Oscar contender. No, this is just as bad as all the previous installments, and in some ways even worse. You know, the thing about Breaking Dawn Part 1 was that nothing happened in that movie. Nothing. It, it is, it's one of the most boring movies I think I've ever seen. I mean, I think half of it was just like wedding porn. It was just like her wedding was like half the movie. Yeah, and Breaking Dawn Part 2 is the same way. Nothing happens, really, until the last 15 to 20 minutes, which are interesting, mm -hmm. and they got my brain going, and if you were following my me on Twitter, I, I was live-tweeting the whole experience, yeah. and I think the movie does some interesting things in the last 15 to 20 minutes that we can talk about in part two, but other than that, it's a total pile of garbage. Bill Condon is is an Oscar-nominated, maybe even Oscar-winning, I'd, I'd have to look it up, uh, but but he he's a very highly celebrated director, and it's a shame that he made these two films, because honestly, they're not good, and I don't <laughs> think that's his fault. Granted, he he doesn't seem to have done very many interesting things with his direction of them, so I'm not sure how much we c we should blame him for th for the mess that is Breaking Dawn parts one and two, and how much we should just blame the awful source material. I mean, if you're if you're originally given a heaping pile of just awfulness, how in the hell are you supposed to shape that into something half platable for like just general audiences? Right. A lot of this was like direct fan service, and even like the real ending of the movie or whatever is like it's a montage of everyone that's been in the movies before. So like I couldn't imagine any bigger fan service than literally this is everyone you've seen for the past I don't know how many four or five movies five. I like to erase the other ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the end of this podcast, I'll only know about this one movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie just isn't that interesting most of the time. The best character throughout this whole series has been Bella's father. And he shows up for one or two scenes in this movie, and then he's gone. And yeah. I was like, oh great, there goes the one normal person. Here goes the one guy yep. I can actually relate to. And the gender politics are still very icky. The plot is a mess. I could not... I, it, it was a struggle for me to try to figure out exactly, okay, why are you doing what you're doing? This doesn't make yeah. sense. What is your motivation? The whole thing just is so horribly written. It's hard to get engaged with, with anything that's happening, even though there are supposedly tremendous stakes here. Yeah, it's almost when they're like tremendous stakes, it's almost a non-issue for everybody else. It's like, really? Like, we couldn't just solve this with a phone conversation? Okay. Well, that was silly. <laughs> right. I mean, it's supposed to be this big, epic final battle, so suddenly they introduce all of these new characters from other vampire covens from around the world. The world, yeah. And it's like, oh, so here's all these new people that we're just now meeting. You know what? Maybe the series would have been better if you had introduced them earlier and yeah. done some character work with them. Who knows? It, it, it's just all very shallow, and 
nothing of interest happens until that final battle. No, I mean, that, that battle almost makes the whole movie. At least for me, that's what I kind of remember. I don't know if I'd go that far. It's certainly not worth the past four films <laughs> that we've had to sit through to get there. But oh, it, no, I'm saying just this movie. I wouldn't put some poor human being through the past four films in order just to see this one. You right. can kind of get caught up with what's going on. Like, everything that happens in the other ones happens in this one. Right. And everything with Bella and her daughter just falls flat. Jacob yeah. is still creepy. The special effects in this movie are some of the worst I've ever seen in a mainstream blockbuster film. Now, you were sober while you were watching this, so they're horrible. When you're drunk and you're watching this, it's like, did they really just put that up? Right. Did they really send that up to print? <laughs> no. No, I cannot believe I'm watching this. You feel yes. like you're tripping. It's so bad. This movie cost over $100 million, but it looks like all of the effects were done by some guy on his laptop in his basement using After Effects or something. It's just <laughs> by like, an intern. <laughs> it's like, oh, you have a superpower? I'm just going to make it a blur. It'll be, yeah. let's put on the blur filter. Oh, that mm -hmm. looks impressive. The, the, the blue screen compositing is so awful at times, and it's so blatantly obvious that they're, that they're standing in front of a blue screen rather than on location. It just, everything looks so fake. And even that final battle, while it has some entertaining moments, it really just comes down to a bunch of computer-generated cartoons fighting yeah, and flying through the air. And that really does lessen a lot of the impact. Again, it's a good midnight movie because like, you could almost see the strings moving people. <laughs> right. I, I, it was just a major distraction throughout the entire film. Yeah, overall, I'd say the movie is pretty awful. It looks cheap, it's shallow, it is boring, and the only interesting moments happen in that final battle at the end. So mm -hmm. I would not recommend people see this film, unless you're already a fan of the Twilight series, in which case nothing I say is going to dissuade you from seeing this movie. You've probably already seen it. I felt it was much more tolerable than the last ones, but obviously I was... A little under the influence, as opposed to you, who saw it Stone Cold Sober, and you saying that it's worse than the other ones. I, I don't know if I'd say it's worse than part one. I mean, at okay. least in this one, there's no scene of werewolves talking telepathically. <gasps> I almost wanted that to happen. It was really quick. <laughs> it was a small, like, aside that they had. It wasn't so much of an entire dialogue. Right. There was no entire dialogue where, where you got confused as to who was saying what. <laughs> So that yeah. was an improvement. I will say the most visually exciting part of the movie is the opening titles. And the opening credit design is actually kind of cool looking. And I was like, oh, this is kind of neat visually. I like this vibe. I like this tone. Can we keep up with this sort of feel for the rest of the movie? No, sorry. No. Visually speaking, the best part of this movie is the opening credits. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say about Breaking Dawn Part 2? No, let's get to spoilers. That's way much more fun. Okay, that'll wrap it up for Part 1 of our review of Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Don't forget to tune in to Part 2 for a much more in-depth look at the film. And don't forget to tune in 
next week when we'll be discussing Life of Pi. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. That keeps us up and running. Don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including our all-new show all about the ABC series Last Resort, Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on the BOFCA website. That's the Boston Online Film Critics Association at B-O-F-C-A dot com. You can also find me at Dig Boston, uh, Boston Phoenix, and Bitch Magazine. And on the Twitters at NCASTI Movies, M-C-A-S-T-I Movies. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. All right, that'll do it for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!